Hey, thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now, and if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm so excited today. I'm not going to say I'm excited for today's passage because I always say that, but but I am. But <laughs> that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because we got John and Shadrach. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited awesome. to be here. <laughs> so I'm. I, what's really? I got to tell you this story, Shad, because this is. Um, there was a time when I went to work at a church in Bethany, Oklahoma, and the. Uh, the pastor there had a master's in music and he, uh, it was a church plant. And he said to me, he wanted me to be his worship leader. And I, and we talked through a bunch of different things. And one of the things I said to him was, uh, the only thing that really concerns me about being your worship leader is being your worship leader. Oh. And so I felt much the same way yeah. in asking you to be a part of Redux today. Cause I, I thought here's a guy that's been listening to the, to the episodes and who is far more learned than I am <laughs> in these particular areas. And I'm like, well, but this is good. That's why I wanted you to be here. And, you know, every time we talk on the phone, uh, you know, I've told you this before, but it's always uplifting to me. And so I'm, I trust it's going to be a great, uh, four sessions we're going to do yeah. right. covering, uh, <laughs> chapter 16 and 17 of John. And then of course my old faithful standby, <laughs> right. the author of the book <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> himself, <laughs> John Yule. Yeah, right. So good to have you, man. Good to be here. And it's always good. You know, John, you and I have had many times where we get into discussions and we'll just go forever. So yeah. <laughs> um, we will still keep t- pretty tight to our time limits, but uh, that'll just keep us. Uh, well, like I said on previous episodes, if you guys have any questions, just reach out to us and I'll get them. And if you want someone specific to answer the question, just request by name and I'll send it on. Also, before we That's get scary. started, I know, right? <laughs> It's like, okay, wait, now I got to think about questions coming my way. Okay. Exactly. Uh, before we get started in this, like I've said before, spend some time in worship. Take a second, pause the video, stop the video. And remember, worship's not just about music. In fact, it's not about music at all. We just use that as kind of a palette. So uh, take some time, spend with the Father, and let him prepare you for this. Because we're going to go through this these passages and... And we've been going through this process, and here we are in getting to the end of Jesus's mm-hmm. ministry here, and it's getting deeper and t- more yeah. intense. And and yeah. so preparing your heart to receive uh, is incredibly important through all of this. So take that time. But now that we're back, because I assume that you are waiting for me to stop, then we're <laughs> going to go ahead and jump in to the passage. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. 
for you will be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. All right, fellas. <laughs> this is, you know, kind of that continuation from 14 and 15. He, Jesus says this a lot. I'm telling you this now for two reasons, so that you'll believe me when this happens. And then also he says a couple times, uh, or, well, he doesn't say it, but John interjects and says this is to fulfill prophecy. Right. But... Uh, Anyway, so I'll just open it up. What do you guys think? All right, so I do have a starting out, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this every time. <laughs> no, right? that's not, all right. I'm not gonna have a starting out first every time. Um, but recognizing that the beginning of chapter 16 is a definitely tied to the end of chapter 15. Yeah. Right. Like, so everybody knows the chapter divisions in scripture were added in the 1200s. Mm-hmm. The chapter divisions are not inspired. Right. And right. a lot of times the chapter divisions as they stand actually detract from our understanding of the cohesiveness. Sure. Well, yeah, he passages. starts off with, I've told you these things, what yeah. these things, yeah. what he just said. Right. And, and one of the amazing things that's happening there is like we were talking before about just before we started recording about some of the difficulties of chapter 15 Mm -hmm. um, and some of the hard teachings there. But Jesus is letting his disciples know that like there's a lot of crazy stuff that God's going to do. And there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to question about why is God allowing this to happen? And so that even when it comes to this point at the beginning of 16, that God is not being fair. Like I'm trying to serve him. I'm trying to obey him and Mm -hmm. look at what's happening to me. Like in the midst of all of those questions that you're going to have, like I'm telling you this so that what he said in 15 is that you will not sin and you will remain in me. And so understanding that that buildup of all of these difficult things of chapter 15 and the questions that you're going to have about how God is acting now the purpose of all of that mm-hmm. is when you have those questions, take a moment, right? breathe, don't sin, and remain in me. Yeah. Well, I like to, this is uh, foreshad- not foreshadowing, but spoiler alert, he's right. about to culminate all this in a prayer for us to accomplish just that task yeah. and a process as to how. John? 
Well, what stands out to me, of course, we know from his perspective, he is moving continually toward the culmination of why he came. Mm-hmm. That's death, burial, resurrection, right? Which yeah. is going to complete the redemption of everything that he has yeah. shown and taught. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that, uh, you know, the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. So he doesn't catch us unaware. Right. right. He's telling them ahead of time, I, I'm giving you glory, but I'm giving you a cross. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be great joy, but there's going to be stuff you're going to have to struggle through, right? right. So equipping them ahead of time to prepare them, sort of like for, yep. you know, I was never in the military, but I know they prepare the military for battle mm-hmm. intellectually and emotionally before they ever get there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what he's trying to do here uh, because he understands we're frail, we're weak. He knows man, the Bible says, so he knows our fickleness. He knows our, and of course, he, he even talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, denying him eventually and things like this, but he knows that knows that ahead of time. Doesn't change his love for us. Doesn't mm-hmm. change his purpose for us. Right. Just helps us to know, hey, we've got something ahead of us. But his grace, which redeems us, also sustains us. If yeah. we'll stay in him, abide in him. Right. That's our part. Just yeah. stay, stay believing and trusting. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, he's a wonderful savior in that sense. Sure. And we know we have things coming upon us in the right. earth. But he's already told us what's you know what's yeah. coming technically and, and how to live for him and yeah. uh, because uh, we share in his uh, suffering we share in his glory yeah and so um, I just think it's uh, another indication of his, the depth of his love for those right. that choose to follow him yeah. that he doesn't leave us alone he doesn't right. leave us ill prepared mm-hmm. he equips us ahead of time if we'll just stay committed and right. trusting yeah he'll bring us through the thing that's funny to me about this is I, and I've never really noticed this of course I've never really done what we're doing so it makes sense <laughs> but um i've noticed this sense of urgency and I've, I've identified with a feeling um i don't know I, i'm not projecting this on christ here but it's almost like this sense of since he you know arrived in uh for the passover right in this this period of time it's like dude this uh, we're we're really gonna go yeah. like it's it's right. for real like up to this yep. point he's known mm-hmm. But it's it's still kind of away, right? right? And how many times do we see in in previous chapters where he says uh, he he went away from this because it wasn't his time yet, right? right? He's hidden yeah. away, right? It's now his time. Yeah. It's his time. And so you, it's almost like um, I just think of different movies I've seen or something where a parent or somebody knows they're getting ready to die and they're trying to equip their kids the best they can, super fast. Like, right. okay, just remember, don't do this, don't do this, don't eat this berry, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> right? And give them all of this data. Yeah. And, and I love that he even says there is so much more hmm. that you couldn't even grasp, right. you know? Yeah. And that's the reality of, again, in that picture of a parent with a child. I mean, if I'm having to shore up my eight-year-old mm-hmm. to what, what is my focus, what is my, my, my attention to detail is on his survival, right. right? I would love to be able to teach him how to negotiate to buy a car. Right. But that's not important. Yeah. <laughs> What's right. important is his survival. And that's what I've really, and it, kind of to your point, is what I hear with Jesus in these last few chapters we've gone through is, listen, guy, like so much is going to happen to you and, and it's going to be terrible. But but I'm telling you all this so you're prepared for it. So right. you know. Right. Yeah. And right. it's just it, it, it just speaks to his absolute passion and love for us. Right. You know, when we read these gospels, we focus on, you know, like John 3.16, for example, God loved the world, he sent Jesus, right? Well, I like seeing Jesus' love for us right. in, in action right. like that. Right, so. right, right. And this, like both of you guys have hit on this, 
one of the amazing things that we get to specifically in this like verse eight and following or verse, uh, yeah, like verse, verse seven and following. Yeah. Verse seven and following. Um, Jesus not only gives us this kind of roadmap of where we're going and what we're going to be. So he prepares us mentally, like you're talking about John preparing us mentally, emotionally for where things are Mm -hmm. headed. Um, but also he lays out for us the means of his provision through those times. And like two big things that we, you know, have to hit on is one, the role of the Holy spirit. Right. and not only the way the Holy Spirit acts, which, you know, if we have time, I'd love to get into that. But sure. one of the things that just constantly hits me, and this comes up so much uh, in verse seven, and I'm going to be, unless you want to put it on the screen, I'll read it out of either that way, one, but, man. I'm going right. to put it up either so, way. So uh, the New American Standard. Um, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. Yeah. Now, this is Jesus right. to people that are walking <laughs> with him day by day saying right. it is to your advantage right. that I ditch you. Right. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Leave All right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> For if I do not leave you, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And and one of those like amazing things that we see, so many people are like, man, if I could just like have Jesus walking with me, Mm. like if I just had that, like the footsteps poem, you know, that whole thing, like of like, if I would just knew I was walking, holding his hand, if I just knew that he was carrying me, that sort of thing. But it's like, we have this, this attachment to Jesus, which is a good thing. Like, sure. yes, be all those out there, be attached to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, no, That's a good thing. But the thing is, our relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit is what all of the prophets longed for. It's what mm. all of the patriarchs longed for. It's what the great saints of the Old Testament longed for. It's what the disciples longed for and what Jesus was teaching them to long for, even while he was with them. It's like, even while Jesus is hand in hand with the disciples, he's telling them what you should be longing for Mm -hmm. is the relationship that you can have with me because of the Holy Spirit. That's That's what we have. And so like, it's so mind blowing that we long for these other things, these other layers of relationship or levels of relationship when we don't realize that we've got it. Right. Like we have what Jesus longed for us to have. Yeah. We have that. Man, and I'm flashing right. back to John 1 mm-hmm. and this type and shadow, so to mm-hmm. speak, where John the Baptist was giving the same speech. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. John's got his disciples and, and you and I were yeah. on that episode mm-hmm. and we, you know, just, just seeing the depth of John the Baptist. And he kept saying, guys, you don't get like, I'm not the Messiah. Right. Right. But the one that's coming and, mm-hmm. and you, you hear that exact same vibe with Christ yeah. is that the Holy Spirit. And, and of course, why? Because he's everywhere. He yeah. indwells us. Right. 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 Well, and of course, you know, when he was talking about the comforter, the Holy Spirit, it's actually his very spirit. Yeah. yeah. The spirit that's in me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can talk to us somewhat subjectively about all this stuff that we're going to go through mm-hmm. that he's going to go through before us. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he puts that spirit in us that at that moment we have the capacity. Right. Because he knows us. We know him now by that, by the spirit of God, right. one with him. And therefore there's the capacity of his grace to help us to go through it too. Yeah. Not because we're trying to muster up strength and willpower. Right. But because we now have the anointed one, mm-hmm. the helper, the comforter with us, right. the very one that he carries. And technically, it's his spirit called right. the spirit of Christ yeah. uh, in, in the New Testament too. So um, 
so it, we're, we truly become one with him by mm-hmm. that spirit. Yeah. And I, I, I'm thinking of, um, I think it's in Corinthians where uh, it's written that the disciples knew him after the flesh, mm-hmm. before the cross. Now we know him right. by the spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seeing him in the flesh, it broke their heart when he was mm-hmm. taken. Uh, they they were confused, so they right. abandoned him and his death. And because to them, it's all a physical thing, right? They thought he was going to bring a physical kingdom and all this stuff. Uh, but now they know him by the spirit because they have his spirit in them, right? And they understand the eternal aspect and the spiritual dimension in which we live over the the physical. Yeah. Dimension. So uh, I think it's significant that uh, he talks about this comforter, but it's the very spirit that, that's in him that he's going to put in us to equip us, enable us to go through whatever mm-hmm. we're going to face too, yeah. because he says, take up your cross to follow me, right? right? Yeah. So there's glory, but there's also yeah. suffering in the midst of it. But we don't do it alone. Right. And even in that same vein, when Christ was with them, he was calling them to model him. Mm-hmm. But now with the spirit, we're not just modeling Christ. We are growing into Christ likeness. Like that's what the spirit is working right, in us right. to his actual Christ likeness. Right, right, right. And the spirit working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's he, it's him and his spirit. You know, uh, I used to think when I was early on in my walk with Christ, you know, I got to quote, I have to live for Jesus. I understood, no, he lives through me. Right. Mm-hmm. If I surrender my will, he will bring forth that imagery. He yeah. will bring forth the fruit. He'll bring right. forth the gifts, whatever, hmm. if I just yield myself to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you can go back to that, the first part of that. Um, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not <laughs> one of you is asking where I'm going. Right. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. And that just kind of goes back to that. You're not getting it, guys. Like, listen, <laughs> <Yeah>. listen. <laughs> yeah. You're not even, right. you're just upset because I'm leaving. Right. And, you know, he, he starts laying that, that, groundwork um again about the holy spirit which you know we love to see that because as you know when he returns and again spoiler alert for those who haven't read ahead when (laughs) hello he's coming back he doesn't stay dead everybody i'm sorry if i ruined it for you but um no, but when he, he comes back and he's, he gives them that go and tarry in right. Jerusalem, wait right. for the Holy Spirit, you know, that right. moment. He's like, remember the the guy I was talking about, right. <laughs> the advocate. Yeah. yeah right. So I don't know, man, it's, it, it's neat to see all of that to me. Right. Well, and I think, too, it brings out uh, from uh, um, the Holy Spirit isn't just a doctrine. Mm. It's a real relationship. Right. It's a living presence mm-hmm. that's with us. And that makes all the difference. This is yeah. the hinge pin of everything. Yeah. He was bringing them to the point that, you know, what what did he say, um, John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, I'm going away. I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. But then he says, now this spirit that's in me, I'm going to put in you. Mm-hmm. And that's the qualifier for it all. Right. And that's the difference between a spiritual walk and just trying to be religious and, and, and do things to appease God like the, right. like other religions do. Yeah. It's a it's a oneness and relationship with him now, and it's technically him who's living in us, will and do of his good pleasure. So, mm-hmm. uh, just makes it uh, intimate and personal, and um, it shows, I think, the depth of his of his love, even in our confusion, right. even in our rejection, yeah. even when we you know didn't understand, he still had pity and mercy and compassion to say, I understand that, but I'm gonna put a spirit in you. It's gonna make yeah. all the difference, right? right. Yeah. Mm. Well, and then he says there at the uh, in verses twelve and 
15 kind of come full circle here. Like I said before, there's much more I can tell you. You can't bear it. But I love this part, too. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Right. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future and, you know, so on and so forth through all that. But it's laying out that he, to your point you said before, Shadrach, was the provision. He lays that out. It's like he will be your provision. Mm -hmm. And do you think, and this is now we're getting to this conjecture, but as, as those guys are sitting around hearing this, I I feel like there's just, it's impossible for them to fathom that reality because they've been exposed to Christ and, and they're blown away at every turn. Right. And so to think that when he's saying it's better, I go, right. Because the person that's actually going to guide you through all truth is the spirit that dwells in me. I don't think they, they get this. And, and again, this is one of those areas where it's like, he's saying this so that they can remember. Mm. Right. So they can go back and go, Oh my gosh, he totally said that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. And we see the disciples and, and their disciples, which, you know, spoiler on John 17, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to get into some direction and intentionality there. Right. Um, For sure. But we see, these guys developing their understanding of the Holy Spirit and his action in their lives as we see their writings later on. Right. And as we follow these guys through the book of Acts, then, you know, their understanding of what Jesus was talking about in the way that he would continue to live on in them and through them, John, like you were talking about, like through that spirit's power and active work in their lives just grows and grows and grows. Right. Well, he says you're going to lead them into all truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, he's truth, but there's levels of dimension Mm -hmm. of revelation of him, right? right? That you only know as you experience and walk life with him, so to speak. So it's an ongoing, um, I say it's sort of like peeling an onion. He mm. just takes a layer and then he takes you to another layer and take to another layer. And it's painful every time. It right? is. <laughs> because I found, I found I went through a personal transformational experience back in 95 and I, I, I found out uh, he, he said, I love to find sin in you. I love to show you where you're missing it. Mm. Not to condemn you. It's not punitive. Right. It's redemptive. Yeah. Because you only get free when you confess. When you right. acknowledge and confess, you're free. Because I've yeah. already said I've already done it for you, right? right? But the painful part is, uh, you know, I, I say he loves to kill me. Hmm. I love the death that he brings because right. it always brings more glory. Yes. If I'm willing to die, it, if I'm willing to give it up and let go right. of it or whatever. Yeah. And so I think uh, he is all truth. And, hmm. and anyone that comes to a point, I say this for myself because I've had to deal with this myself hmm. many times. I think I know, I really don't know. Right. That's what he told me. Yeah. Because uh, there's no place you can come to the end of an infinite God. Yeah. So to say that I've got a handle on it is really ignorant. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I know what I know, but show me again, Lord. Yeah. That's what he told me. He right. said, if you think you know, you don't, hmm. but let me show you. Right. And he always has more to reveal. Yeah. And so that's a, a wonderful work of the Spirit's presence in yeah. us too. Yeah. It's in our last uh, um, sessions with uh, with Rick and Steve just before this one, and I don't remember if this got recorded in our in our conversation or if it was something we said afterwards. But one of the things that I kind of talked about along those lines was God is infinite, and if we were endowed with a hundred percent of His power right now, right we still wouldn't be able to compare to him because there's no way we're not infinite. Right. We have a beginning. Right. And so, uh, you know, looking at that, why in the world, if we can absorb that and say, yeah, absolutely. Why would we limit our understanding to God 
to just what we read on pages. Right. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so, and I love, you know, even as Jesus says this, he, he's like, there's just so much more. Right. Right. Those things aren't contained. Obviously yeah. he didn't say them. Right. right. So we don't have them. So yeah. we right. have proof right there. There's so much more than what scripture has to, to offer. And that's where the relationship side is so crucial. Sure. And that Holy Spirit's work. You, know, yes. you mentioned to that about the, the speak and disclose uh, that comes out of what the, what the spirit's going to do. Um, but also in this passage, one of the Holy Spirit's roles is to guide into mm, truth. Right. And so when we when we put that together, you know, the Holy Spirit is allowing us to know things. And let me be careful, yeah. right? <laughs> I know. Not to say that that scripture is insufficient because scripture is sufficient. Yeah. However, again, dangerous, however. <laughs> Sometimes we have a tendency to go like, I have to open up the Bible to a certain word Mm -hmm. to know that that word is what I'm supposed to do today. Mm -hmm. And we sort of diminish the Holy Spirit's role of guiding us into truth and speaking and disclosing to us the things of Christ. Right. On the other side, sometimes we don't allow the Spirit to do that work. And we almost like say, well, because... uh, scripture doesn't say anything about this, right? then I don't have any guidance on that, right? And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that work that he said he's supposed to do of guiding and speaking and disclosing, right? And we forget they did not have the Bible. Right. They didn't have it. Right. right. <laughs> All they had was a personal relationship with Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Right. They had the apostles' teaching. Mm-hmm which they would discuss and, and right. find enlightenment and, and, and truth. But they didn't have the scriptures like we do. They right. had to rely on the voice, the impression, whatever the Holy Spirit, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so we are somewhat uh, at a disadvantage. Right. Because we have a canon of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And we think, some people think that's all there is of God. When Jesus said, oh, there's more than what, I, what I've even said or done. Mm-hmm. And then if we if we just limit it to, well, show me that in the scripture, well, right. okay. But if you want to live there, okay, but there's more to him. Yeah. I mean, John, uh, Paul was taken up into the third heaven and saw things wasn't written about. Mm-hmm. So there's more in him, right? Yeah. And for us to, to, in my opinion, to be somewhat foolish in mm-hmm. thinking that I, I know all of God because I have him now in this book. Yeah. Right. How can you confine an eminent God to just a, a, a few books and on in, in, in pages, right? right? So anyway, uh, I have to remind myself of that. Right. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. right. to be that personal guide and revealer of truth. Right? I think, I think people gravitate to the solidity of scripture because of, and this is going to sound really weird, but because of a lack of faith. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, it's like, I can touch this, right? Yeah. I can touch this and read this. And it's like, okay, I know blah, blah, blah. But right. what I can't know is where I stand. I mean, I can know this, but yeah. I mean, as a person who is just trying to figure out and it, a better way of putting this, honestly, is think about the the maturation of an adolescent. Hmm. Okay, so my my 11-year-old, about to be a 12-year-old, has a level of abstract emotional understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's limited. His his abstract thought is is going to be limited, especially when we're talking about emotions, love, anger, hate. It's going to be limited to about seven different descriptive right. feelings. Yeah. I think anybody who is now over the age of 20 recognizes that sometime between 12 and 20, we get a vocabulary of emotional language, at least from a a feeling of it Mm -hmm. that is probably innumerable. (laughs) 
(laughs) So we go from a handful of understanding and emotions to a a bevy of things we don't Mm. understand and we can't even articulate all the way through our adulthood. When we're trying to have conversations with our, with our spouses and we have a difficult time articulating our feelings. Well, it's, it's not really in my mind, it's really no different when it's understanding the, you know, the Holy spirit that's inside of us. We don't, what what do most people want? We want the security that says, this is what it says, sure. this is what I believe. When the Holy Spirit says something to me, and then it's like, well, I mean, I think it was him. Maybe it was me. Maybe right. it was I ate spaghetti, whatever it is, you know? <laughs> and and I think what, what I've always valued Scripture for so much is its revelation to me of what God spoke to me, not... And not that he doesn't speak through scripture on the front end, but so often it's like, I know this. And we have this in scripture. Scripture says that the word of God is written on our heart. Yeah. So we have this in us. And and I say word of God, I'm I'm both senses, like his spoken word and the son of God. Yeah. The Logos, the Rhema. Exactly. So it's, I I think this is the challenge. And I do know going into this, I know it's uncomfortable for anybody (laughs) to, to start looking at scripture and talking about it in a way that, but see, that's, that's kind of the point that I think I would make is if it is so, if we're nervous about it, like there's something bound up about that. You know what I mean? It's like race relations today. We can't say things because we think people are going to judge us. And that's, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. in some part, that's that's part of the messiness of faith. Yeah. Right. Because yes, faith is simple, but it's also kind of messy at times. <laughs> right. Um, that's part of the messiness of faith, and what makes that even more complicated for a lot of us is the ways that we see that abused. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we see times where, like throughout history authoritarian figures have taken scripture and said, you are, you do not have the right to question this sure. because thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And obviously taking things out of context and, and nuanced passages and making them seem like they're not nuanced and all that. <laughs> right. But we have that one extreme that's out there. And then we have the other extreme that says that, my personal thoughts and experiences right. are more important right. and are a b- more important gauge of what God is doing than what he calls his revealed word. Yeah. Right. And so when we have that other side where it's the personal experience and, and all of that, that sort of trumps scripture, mm-hmm. then that's also a, a dangerous ground. Yeah. So I, I would use the word rely. We think it's more reliable. The other side thinks it's more reliable versus important. Okay. Yeah. Does yeah, that make that's, sense? Yeah. That's because they, they trust their experience right. more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, that puts us in a, in a complicated situation right now. Like I come from a denominational background that is uncomfortable talking about the personal experience sure. side of things. Sure. Um, but I think there is a, there's a maturity in faith that allows us to explore the spirit's work. However, there is also a maturity in faith that allows us to be checked by the spirit's work. And in a lot of times we're afraid of that, like in our own spiritual immaturity, we're afraid of exploring what the spirit could be doing. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, in our spiritual immaturity, we're afraid of being checked by the spirit. Yes. I think human yeah. beings by nature, the worst thing they could ever feel is wrong. Right. 
They don't care about being right as much as they care about not being wrong. And while that sounds like an inverse, it's just different. Mm. I don't mind if I'm not right, but I don't want to be wrong. Right. (laughs) But technically, redemption only can come when we admit we're wrong. Exactly. I mean, you can't find revelation beyond what you know unless you admit, I may not know at all. Yeah. Man, we are, we are so anyway. <laughs> we are so out of time right now. But it's but it's just such a great great moment, and I just would would encourage this idea, the freedom that I found personally, and I'm and I don't do this across the board. I'm not perfect at it at all. But embracing being wrong when I go to scripture with a complicated concept, or I go to God with it, I'm looking to be wrong. Yeah, because yeah. I want to find truth, and I feel like if I'm predisposed to think a certain way, then if I address it, trying to find myself wrong, I'm going to have a better chance at it. Anyway, right. I, we will definitely continue this <laughs> into the next chapter. Guys, thank you so much for being a part. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word, the depth of it, and and just your revelation to our heart and our minds. I pray for all those who are listening today that they would hear what you would have them to hear, that they would embrace your truth, and that it would be planted deep inside their heart. And uh, thank you so much again for, for all you're doing. And we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you guys for joining us online. And uh, if you feel led to do so, you can go to redux.church and contribute financially if you want. But most importantly, please pray for us and share this content. If it helps you, it's bound to help someone else. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Bye-bye.